episode 989 and it's the relevant podcast uh for the second show in a row i'm here in virginia beach virginia uh recording i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from the other side of the house jesse carey hello hello from uh, san diego california gabrielle griffin yes. <laughs> hi guys i forget i don't know you guys are all I've over been the here place. a while i know okay and then from are you still in colorado emily uh, yes, I am. From Colorado Springs. In my haunted house. <laughs> in the haunted house still. Our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Okay, it's August. Emily, this has gone on long enough. You're, <laughs> you are somewhere different every time we talk. I know yeah. I'm traveling summer break, right? You know, summer vacation, different things like that. But you, it's a problem. And we need to talk about this. <laughs> Where are you going next and Why? That is a really great question. The answer to that is I don't know. Oh. Uh, I only have things planned until really like the first week of August. Which is right um, now. Which is right now, yeah. Um, so I'll be at my parents' house for a week and we're determining, by we I mean myself, um, I'm determining where I'm going to go next. Uh, I'll probably couch hop in Texas again, just see some friends that I haven't seen in a couple weeks or months. But I still have a couple trips that I'd like to take. So I really want to go to Boston in the fall because that I hear is great. And I'd like to go to maybe somewhere on the West Coast, maybe San Diego. Come um, stay with me. Yeah. So, uh, what are what are some places that I need to go? Because I, I mean, there's literally a million places. Well, I've heard you, fantastic things about Boise. Yeah, last <laughs> Boise, uh, Idaho. If if uh, if you go to San Diego, spend time there, and then kind of head up. You know, go LA, go up, just go up the coast. That is like my absolute favorite drive, my absolute favorite brother world. I mean. Whole- I'd do that with you, Emily. Like, I would 100% do that with you. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We're on the same work schedule. We should do it. Oh. Ooh. Okay. We're going to talk I think we just nailed down. This. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I, Emily, I so appreciate just, just the lifestyle, though. Just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. flying by, you know, just. Jesse, it's called homelessness. Yeah. Homelessness oh by God. choice. By choice. No. Voluntary homelessness yes. is. Oh. No, I, but no, I think it's awesome. I love it, Emily. I love it for you. Yeah, it's very, it, very it cool. suits you. Yeah. So Heck West Coast is what we're determining is on the net and the horizon for you. You're going to count surf, maybe West Coast. Yeah. Fall, you'll do some fall places like where there's leaves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I might go see apple orchards and such. Yeah. yeah. I might go see gotcha. Tyler pop into Paris again. Who knows? Truly wherever the wind takes me. I just don't really have any plans. Um, I'm very much a type B person. I would be curious to know how a type A person would live this lifestyle. I don't think they would do well. Um, no offense to type A people, but um, I what's st- type B? Like, what's the difference? You got to be laid back. She's laid back. Yeah, type B is like laid back. You mm-hmm. not that you don't make plans, but you don't need plans. And I think like a type A person, they would have planned out the entire year. I'm truly doing like a month by month or week by week basis on where I'm going to live. Is there a type C? And where do these types come from? <laughs> How many types are we talking? Have we got a whole alphabet? Because I only hear about type A. I feel like type A and type B is standard. Like, that's just standard yeah, you're either for like conversation. Big planner. You're not a planner. I, I really don't know what type C would be. That's what's so surprising about this for, for me, for you, Emily, is that 
to do this kind of lifestyle, you really have to take initiative to plan. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you're not planning very far ahead, but you are planning and you're taking the initiative to travel, which for a type B personality, I kind of think you're a mix of both. Mm-hmm. There's just like no way that you're. But, but, but Enneagram sevens, like, I, I don't know. I don't know the type AB thing. It is funny watching Jesse and his family, like he and his wife, like she's the type A, he's the type B, I guess. Or like he said, maybe there's a C in there somewhere. But like she's like planning, making mm-hmm. sure that the, everything's buttoned up and taken care of. And Jesse's like, oh, okay. You know, like he's just going with the flow, which is, I think, a really cool dynamic. And a lot of marriages mm-hmm. are like that. It is interesting to do it as a solo person because you really do have to wear kind of mm-hmm. both hats where you're flexible, but you do need to like make sure the reservation mm-hmm. is booked and that your flight is, mm-hmm. you know, so it is interesting having to wear both hats. She's a good yeah. planner. Have you run into any issues where, like, you forgot about something? Oh, I'm sure. Um, actually, no. I've been pretty good about, like, I like the big things, like flights and Airbnbs and stuff. Some things I just, I don't quite figure out until maybe a few days before. So, like, when I when I knew I was coming to Colorado, um, that's a 10-hour drive from where I was in Dallas. And I didn't decide until the week of, like, oh, maybe I should split up a 10-hour drive and not just do it all by myself. So, like... At last minute, I was like, let me book a hotel somewhere just so I can have like a little bit of a break. Mm. So, but even then it was like a few days before I still planned it, but maybe a a more organized person would have planned that back when they actually booked the Airbnb. So Mm. yeah, I guess I am kind of wearing both hats to clarify. I'm also an Enneagram five, not an Enneagram seven. No, no, no. But I was thinking through the lens of an Enneagram seven. It's like, I would jump into the adventure of what you're doing make memories and spontaneous spontaneous and Mm -hmm. let's go and like, let's find friends all over the country that I would do Mm -hmm. that. No question. You know, so I know that, and I don't think that's a type A or B thing. Like that's my Mm -hmm. Enneagram type. I would be drawn to what you're doing. So I, I'm just curious about how that all kind of factored into, but just how you're wired. Just in case our listeners don't know, Emily, what is your Enneagram? Your Enneagram five. five. I know, but what is, what is an Enneagram five? Oh, it's the investigator. Investigator. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, can I didn't even know that was. A, I need to read the Enneagram book. I didn't even know there was an investigator. That's got to be the coolest one. Uh, like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, an investigator. That is what a what a great title. It's a really have. nice mm-hmm. way to say that I'm really nerdy and I just research everything. <laughs> um, so like, I just want like my. I'm motivated by. Do you I have just a trench coat and a large magnifying glass? No, but I have a cape. Um, <laughs> That's what yeah, I imagined. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine like a, the trench coat. Cape, you have a, a cape and a bloodhound. A loyal bloodhound with you at all times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I just like research everything. So that's why, like, in staff meetings, someone will ask a question and I'm immediately on Google just because I have, I can't. Yeah, she won't even say anything. We'll literally be like, oh, remember that thing that the whatever? And like, you 14 just five seconds, seconds later. later like, yeah. In 1989, this happened. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. After some investigation. Yeah. 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 Investigator is just true. a nice way to say nerd. And so I love it. It's fine. <laughs> I love this for you. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to comedian Joe Coy. You've seen him on Netflix and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but he has a new movie coming out called Easter Sunday. We talked to him about that. At the end of the show, you've heard us do table topics from time to time. You know, usually we have games or different interactive things at the end of the show. We sometimes do table topics to get to know the cast. Well, we have a very special table topics planned for today. A little Parisian theming. A little Parisian. Why? Our very own Tyler Huckabee has been in Paris. So he's going to bring Parisian tabletop eeks at the end of the show. Don't miss it. Stay tuned right now. Up next is Slices.
You're listening to Emily Tarrant. The song is Same For Me. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So there's a really interesting story that was, has kind of been circulating this week um, that kind of shows the power of of social media, uh, but also its ability to be manipulated. You guys might remember uh, back in 2016, 2017, Zack Snyder was working on, um, you know, a one of the the DC comic book movies, the the Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he had a family tragedy and had to to leave the project and had another director come in. And a lot of fans were not happy with the final product. And so for a couple of for a, a stint of a few months, rabid comic book fans would tweet about releasing the quote Snyder cut, basically uh, a cut of the film that Zack Snyder, he claimed to have all this extra footage from when he was shooting it and storyboards for different uh, like plot lines and stuff that just never got made. And it seemed like kind of an absurd proposal because there wasn't really any precedent for another version of a big blockbuster movie just kind of being re-released with a different director kind of editing it, shooting new stuff and taking it a different scene. But the fan feedback was was so huge that Warner ended up eventually green lighting it and now you can watch the Snyder cut like a four hour version of this movie on hbo uh, max but rolling stone did some research in the last couple of weeks after kind of being tipped off that something kind of uh, possibly shady had gone on what? with that social media campaign they found that 13 percent of all of the tweets that you know this kind of upswelling of of uh uh fan support for this for this new version of this movie that 13 percent were actually bots programmed to kind of fuel the fan flames and push this over the edge the thing is it worked warner actually budget you know spent money and financed uh this this movie based on fan interaction but they what they found was a lot of that fan interaction was fake now they don't really know for certain who's responsible for these bots you know there is some suspicion that maybe Zack snyder could have been involved that uh maybe it was just some you know toxic elements of the fan base kind of manipulating social media to kind of uh, uh push the studio in their direction but the implications of the story I, you know when you when you think about it that's that's pretty crazy that a, a relatively small number of people using basically kind of misrepresenting identities online pushed a major studio to spend tens of millions of dollars on on a project based on their perception of what fans wanted when reality the the group of fans was significantly smaller than what the studio believed because there were bots programmed 
to try to get the studio to make this movie. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it, but, but the crazy thing is it worked. It, it, you know, it's years later and, and the people behind it probably aren't going to suffer any consequences. So my, my first instinct when you said it was actually that Warner was behind it, trying to create a viral, quote unquote, grassroots, quote unquote, fan mm-hmm. campaign to mm-hmm. then essentially market the thing that they were going to do anyway. That's what I, yeah. my, the skeptic in me immediately went to, but you're saying it's actually the inverse that there's probably some rogue fans that yep. tried to get their will imposed by programming these bots. And then it went off from there and that the studio actually did quote unquote, listen to the fans, but it really was a small group of people that were behind yeah. this first surge. That is crazy. And, and, the, and the reason that the, the story is so interesting to me isn't like, I don't really have care too much about the Snyderverse and DC comic Zero movies. I mean, interest. nothing against them. Yeah. yeah. But when you think about the implications, especially when it comes to like elections mm-hmm. and, and yep. politics and swaying the, the ability. Opinion. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, through fake accounts and through bots. Fan mentality is like a herd mm-hmm. mindset. They're like, oh, everybody yeah. says that's good. I think that's good too now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. That's what so I was thinking. Politics. That was my first yeah. instinct. Wow. Yeah. It's a tail wagging yeah. the dog, man. That's yeah. crazy. It, it, it's not too dissimilar. And I mean, you've seen versions of this in the past with like. You know, when you talk about like creating this sort of like, uh, uh, you know, dialogue that hopefully people kind of catch on to and fuel a movement. Cameron, you remember back in like the publishing days, there was like kind of a dirty secret of a lot of these mega churches is they would buy the pastor thousands of copies of a pastor's book Mm -hmm. to get it onto a bestseller list Mm -hmm. to try to get the book to actually become. It's the same thing. It it was creating sort of art, not artificial sales, but essentially like a first. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but but it was the same thing. It was like, maybe we can figure out sort of how to hack the algorithm of a bestsellers list and let the tail wag the dog. It's interesting to to see the strategy. What what the people did, so a megachurch would buy 5,000 copies of Pastor's new book at Barnes & Noble and stuff. They would like literally Mm -hmm. pay full price for it and then would leave it on the chairs of the church to give a copy to everybody who attended that Sunday, right? So Mm -hmm. it jukes the system in the sense that like there's a very small window, almost like Nielsen rings or, or Apple podcast rankings that like it, there's this activity in a short window. And so now it's at the top of the charts. Well, then that creates this perception that it's a successful book and there's a lot of fans reading it. And so like, I'm interested in new books. It's on the bestseller table and now I'm going to yeah. buy it. And so that fueled mm-hmm. long-term sales or they'll speak at a conference and the pastor himself will buy 10,000 copies for everybody at the conference. He's losing all that money, but in long term, he's going to make it way back because now he's going to actually, it's going to mm-hmm. propel thousands of more sales because of the yeah. fake awareness. It's crazy that they did that. The, 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 they caught onto it after years of it. Um, yeah. and they've, and they've rigged or they've kind of like suppressed if they see a lot of things coming from one point of sale or something like that, like they'll, they'll neuter it and whatever, but it took them a while to catch on and it worked for many, yeah. many years. Yeah, and, and, and that's and, and to me, like, there's always going to be, you know, people. I mean, and that was people in ministry. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm was, saying? Like, that, it wasn't, I was going to say, there's always going to be on one hand. I mean, they were paying for it and they wanted to give it away, but it was absolutely unethical on the other because they were creating a perception yeah. that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There, there's always going to be bad actors yeah. that are going to find ways to hack the algorithm, whether that al- algorithm is some sort of analog thing like a bestseller list or it's some sort of fan uprising mm-hmm. to get a movie made. This is just another example of 
the I, I feel like the need to be cautiously skeptical about a lot of, you know, uh, well, let me say this. It, it's it raises more awareness as how easily the public can be manipulated on social media platforms. And um, and two coming into, like I said, kind of a heated political time having that awareness mm-hmm. of that 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 some of these opinions that seem so popular could just be a perception either created by bots or algorithms i think is a really important thing to keep in mind mm-hmm. in kind of yeah that's contemporary what i was, surprised about. I was yeah. surprised about like when you said um i was kind of on not on board with it i don't agree with it but i could see how it would be kind of a genius marketing strategy like when you see that there's a lot of traction for something you feel more comfortable about it mm-hmm. but at the same time misrepresenting people's identities really doesn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that is a really scary thing if you think about it. Yeah. And like when it comes to bot, like, you know, obviously it's one thing if you're, you know, just messing with Hollywood movies, but like you said, like with politics that can have a lot bigger implications for how our world works. And yeah. so obviously mm-hmm. I would say most people agree that using bots to propel an idea is unethical, but is there any sort of like, legality stuff to like you know if they were to figure out that this person fueled the bots do they just get a slap on the wrist or what happens who's gonna slap what yeah. is it i mean yeah i mean it, it's just social media yeah it might be yeah. like a terms of use violation but it, they, i don't think there's a law well it depends you know? are they using people's actual photos or are they getting it either way if they're mm. misrepresenting somebody's identity that i feel like there would be a legal angle there nope like if your picture was used as a bot and it was acting as though you it, that person was speaking. Nope. It's just a social media account. Yeah, I don't. That's, I don't what? Yeah, That's I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's I don't just know catfishing, I guess. At that point, it's catfishing. Yeah, I have. I literally have like twenty three accounts of various genders and ages, and they're all very good looking. And I have plenty of conversations with plenty of people about very interesting ideas, you know, all over the world. <laughs> It's just and, the way I pass my yeah. time in evenings. And, and and there is a small army of people who sound like me on social media trying to get a new Ernest movie made. Uh, we need, you know, we just need it. And the people are speaking in a very small corner of Twitter. And so listen. I do, have, I do have a question, though. This is for real. If you were a person who created all these catfish accounts and bot accounts and you were afraid that you might get caught or you might, you know, they, your IP address might get found out. What you would want to do is stay very transient. You'd want to not have one location where you can be tracked. You'd probably want to week by week, just kind of figure out where you want to live that week. Have we looked more closely at our, at Emily's internet hmm. history Ooh, to see go. if maybe she's one of the ones <laughs> <laughs> Undercover. She Emily, was, you've got some explaining. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tisk. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell Elon Musk about this. You tanked his whole investment because of this, Emily. Thanks a lot. Just nothing but bots. You ruined the deal. Uh, the question that we need to ask, and I, as, as your coworker and employer, probably should have looked more closely at is, why are you on the run? You know, really the why. Why will you do you refuse to have a mailing address? That's really what I should probably. <laughs> I was going to ask grid. this yeah. earlier. What is what is the driving force? Is it just the travel bug? Is it like, do you enjoy doing this? Is it just like a check off well, the list of your bucket list? Things have gotten really hard. Things have gotten <laughs> yeah. really, 
Really, yeah. really bad. The heat is hot. Yeah, I got to stay on the run at this point. Um, no, have you seen I mean, the Born was... Identity? Yeah, sorry. Um, I mean, all loved Nacogdoches, but I was like stuck there for two years mm-hmm. um, with the pandemic. I mean, I was there for a long time, but I was just like, I felt like I could not go anywhere because of the pandemic. And once I realized that I can travel safely because I'm vaccinated um, and my incredible job lets me work wherever I want, I decided to capitalize on the opportunity before I can ever do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and why well, are you planning on leaving us? Yeah. Where are you going? Ems? She's not going anywhere. She's not allowed to catch up with me at some point. So I'm yeah. just assuming. Yeah. I, I'm probably going to be in jail in the next couple yeah, months yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. You're just anticipating the prison sentence. That's fair <laughs> enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So enjoying it while I can. That's smart. I love it. All right. Gabs, what do you have? So continuing with the social media conversation, um, if, it, if it isn't broken, don't fix it, is not a saying that has ever picked up any traction in Silicon Valley, as evidenced by the fact that Facebook is doing yet another big redesign. That's not to say that Facebook isn't in need of fixing anything. It desperately is. But let's not kid ourselves here. A redesigned newsfeed isn't exactly what we need. What are, what are so, they doing? So Okay, so instead of doing anything that would actually be helpful to us, the new Facebook will be split into two tabs. One designed to help you find new content, stories, and Instagram reels based on your likes. The other full of posts from friends, organizations, and groups you follow. Oh, okay. So that's basically what it breaks down to. The company statement was, we understand that you may want more options when it comes to sorting and seeing your content. The company said in a statement, there are times you... You might just know what you're looking for, say the latest posts from your groups, or you may want to encounter fresh, entertaining content. That all sounds like a very long way of saying that Facebook is chasing TikTok. To mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. So like the yeah. Discover page or the For You page mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're following. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Instagram's kind of doing the same thing. I mean, which makes sense because they're the same company, mm-hmm. but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I at least... At least it's like uh, stuff you potentially want to see, not just stuff or stuff that you could control and not just have some mysterious content algorithm serve you random stuff that you don't care about. At least it's some option for customization. Question, you know? if yeah. not for work, when was the last time you were on Facebook just scrolling for fun? I go on Facebook a lot, but I use Facebook Marketplace. Oh, you're on there for shopping. Yeah, so inevitably I do scroll the feed because I'm on, like, I will go to check Facebook Marketplace. So I do scroll the feed, but I'm mainly just checking things that are going on in, like, my actual neighborhood. Like, I have uh, pages that you can look at for your actual neighborhood. I don't go on there to, like, see what people are doing, you know? I mean... If I want to, if I want to chop it up and just see what's going on in the political realm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just I, I get on there and you know, just some some boomer groups and man, some wild <laughs> some wild ideas floating around there, guys. I don't yeah. know if you've been on there in a while, but it's getting crazy out there. But it's good to good to stay in the loop did, on that. Did stuff. they say why they were doing this? Because like some people are saying is like because they okay, they so- want to get away from like the crazy conspiracy theories being passed around stuff like that. So they're trying to like neuter that by making the feed emphasize recommended content versus problematic content that your aunt posted or whatever. Like, is it that they're favoring this other content and they're going to try and like sideline the people that used to dominate your feed? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like why they're doing this other than like you said, maybe just chasing TikTok. Cause TikTok has that scrollability that like mm-hmm. you used to be laying in bed and watch like two hours later, you're like, crap, yeah. I should have gone to sleep. 
a Facebook hasn't had that in years, in my opinion, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, they're trying to point users users towards more entertainment by integrating stories and reels even deeper into face into the Facebook experience. So videos can be emphasized. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Clearly hoping to take out a chunk out of its rivals chokehold, you know, the younger social media users who have avoided Facebook like the plague. I just don't think the younger generation is going back to just I don't think they're going back. I, I because no, like, we have like that's where your mom and that's yeah. where your mom and aunts are and stuff. Yeah. And you don't want them knowing what you're doing. You're gonna post on your Finsta or your well, TikTok. You know? It's also like, I think because TikTok's so dominant, like the few times that I have scrolled on Facebook, I'll see a TikTok that I saw two months ago. Like the, mm-hmm. it's just like, it was posted on TikTok. A couple of weeks later, it makes it over to Instagram. A couple of weeks later, it finally makes it over to Facebook. And it's just like, why would I go on Facebook to see old content when I could be seeing new content? And so, um, yeah, I... I don't really care for Facebook. Um, yeah. I update it because I have family on there and I want them to know I'm still alive. Yeah. But that's about it. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. not to say, though, if you are a Facebook user, we re- we still respect you. We, we love you. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. We just don't, it's not an hey, for, yeah, for, for it's, relevant, not it's our number one traffic source. Yeah. yeah. Respect. Yeah. Respect is not the best word there, but uh, we we recognize you. We see you. Uh, we have yes. questions. No, hey, Point I love knowledge. Facebook users because they are our number one traffic source <laughs> at relevantmagazine.com. Yeah. Is like when we post yeah. on Facebook, that generates some traffic. So people yeah. are on there. I'm not saying, I'm just yeah. trying to figure out like, what the point of Facebook is and then current social media mix, you know, because definitely during the political era is where people shared articles and theories and Mm -hmm. ranted and vented about stuff. You can't really do that on Instagram. Can't really do that elsewhere. So fine. But if they, if they're changing the newsfeed to like try to neuter that content, like where are people going to go for that kind of content? If that's what they want to do on the internet is like to have their voice Mm -hmm. be heard and they don't want to shoot a silly video or whatever, you know? So I don't know. Well, my thing is like, you know, there's, they're going to make it to where you can just see like the people that you follow or the groups that you follow. But like, if someone I follow reposts, you know, a crazy conspiracy thing that they saw, is it still going to show up on my feed or is it only going to be, so then, I mean, what's the point of separating it? Like, I'm still going to see the things that I really don't want to see. So, well, you'll spend more time over the discover tab and avoid your crazy friends and family members. I'm just going to spend more time in TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Interesting. All right. What do you have, Emily? Um, I have some good old celebrity news. You know, I love to bring that a couple weeks ago or last week. Sorry. Kylie Jenner um, of the iconic Jenner Kardashian clan uh, posted a photo with Travis Scott um, in front of their respective private jets with the caption. You want to take mine or yours now? Aside from this just being so out of touch with reality um, and the fact that she owned, they each own a private jet. um, A lot of people understandably were upset because, you know, why, why do you each need a private jet? Um, And so someone started looking and there's a website where you can track, you know, any flight really in the world. And so people did some research and it turns out Kylie has taken multiple flights that are only a few minutes long, some as short as three minutes. So she gets like the whole process of getting onto a plane to fly three minutes to somewhere else, which some people did the math. It would be about a 40 minute drive. So understandably, people are upset because private jets are just so terrible for the environment. Um, like reports say there's somewhere between five to 14 times more pollution than a commercial plane. And she's using it a lot, like pretty often. And so she uses it to get groceries. 
is exactly. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And so it's just I really... I gotta go pick up the prescription from the drugstore. Be right there. Uh, yeah, let well, me but for real, why jet. would she do that and not just get a helicopter? I mean, like that is for local? Yeah. Bouncing around the town? Why would yeah, you... How, far, how long does it take to drive to the airport? Yeah, well, I don't safe. think helicopters are safe. She's probably like... Safe for her, but I mean, safer for the environment. Yeah, oh, 100%. So I think... But I'm just trying yeah. to... Yeah. Where she's Where is she coming from? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she also owns like... I don't know, 15 cars. So she can't take any yeah. of them or have someone drive, get an Uber. I don't know. It just, it's really frustrating because we, you know, we have, there's this, all this push for, you know, like each of us has a part to play in decreasing climate change. And it's like, mm-hmm. I watched my paper straw disintegrate in my iced coffee yesterday and she's hopping on a jet. Who's <laughs> like, a limp wet This disappointment. <laughs> I'm drinking a really gross <laughs> paper <laughs> straw. This is terrible. And she's, but I'm doing my part. Yeah. <laughs> It gets all like gummy and smushed in your mouth. Like, ugh. yeah. And the three minutes it took my paper straw to go away, she's on a flight and it's just like, come on. Like, it's, it's really infuriating yeah. because. Ha- has she responded to this? Because I see, I, you know, we report about this. I've seen the internet. She's not backlash. going to. She's not going to acknowledge it. She hasn't said anything. She is not Maybe going in season to two of the Kardashians. That's how the Kardashians do not respond to any drama until it's on their show. That's I'm going to tell work. you, if she does, her response is going to be that it's just about timing. So m- while it might be a 40-minute drive, she might have made her schedule so tight all throughout the day that she has to fly to different appointments. I feel like that would be that would be her excuse. But is, is she just le- using yeah, it for yes. leisure? We don't know. If she's just using it for leisure for a three-minute trip, yeah. that's very interesting to yeah. say the least. And it's also frustrating that like she has a private jet. Travis Scott has one. Kim has her own one. They can't share. Yeah. They all really right? need their own private jet. Because right. it's like all of these private jets out in the world just ruining the environment. It's but with all their schedules, I like, <sighs> fine, don't get a plane. Get something smaller, like yeah. a helicopter, whatever. But... With their separate schedules, it makes sense that they all have different. I mean, ones. no offense to Kylie, but is she really that? Bi- like, is her schedule that important that she can't take forty minutes? She's not the president yeah, of the United States, you know. Yeah, she's going to yeah. go put a lip kit on. There's economical and environmental ways to do this. Well, how would you like to see just Travis Scott just hang glide in, you know, pick up the groceries? <laughs> I would pay good Mark's money just for hang that. Glider up to another tall peak and just jump off and fly on home. <laughs> There's ways to do this that are still cool. We're just more mindful. I mean, you know? in Fortnite, they come in on the glider and there's a Travis exactly. Scott skin. I've seen this in real life. I've seen oh that's my what I'm saying. Hey, in right now. Yeah. They're very in right now. It'd be, it's, yeah, it's, everybody wins in that, in that scenario. <laughs> all right. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. Make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com for all the latest. We're publishing every weekday and follow us on all the socials. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Joe Coy joins us. How dare you ruin my life like this tragic? I put all I got in one big basket Regret that you couldn't care listening to Nicole Hahn. The song is How Dare You. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly 
uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is stand-up comedian Joe Coy. You've seen his specials on Netflix and Comedy Central. And coming up this week, you'll be able to see his new movie, Easter Sunday, based on his real-life experience as a stand-up comic balancing his career and his Filipino-American family. Our very own Tyler Huckabee talked to Joe about bringing his experience to life in the movie and what he hopes audiences will take away from Easter Sunday. Here's our conversation with Joe Coy. Joseph, are you coming for Easter? I don't know, Mom. I'm really busy. I just tested for this pilot. You're going to be a pilot? A network pilot for, like, a TV show. Ah, you're playing a pilot on the TV show. No, a lawyer. You could have been a lawyer if you only applied yourself. Little father and son road trip. It's going to be fun. Easter Sunday is like the Filipino Super Bowl. I'm curious about the kind of the initial concept of even how you came up with the general idea for this and from uh, from first like an idea in somebody's head all the way to the screen now. What was that journey like? The, the cool thing about the process of this movie was the special coming in hot. The one I my second one that I shot on Netflix. That's the one Steven Spielberg watched and he invited me into Amblin and they asked me to pitch a movie idea based on my family and you know, this was basically a pitch. I called it Easter Sunday and I pitched the day in the life of love and life and chaos. And uh, at the end of that pitch, they bought it in the room and I've never seen anything move faster than, than this project. And, and to have Steven's blessing was incredible to be able to tell this story about my, my culture, my family, and, you know, see my mom come to life on the big screen through Lydia Gaston was it was a dream come true. So, yeah, that's that's basically how this all happened. This is obviously a community that that does not get a, a lot of representation right now in Hollywood on the big screen, and and it's something that is uh, it's very exciting that you get to bring that. What are some of the really key parts that you want to make sure when you started putting this movie together? You want to make sure that you got right about that depiction, things that were really important to telling the story the right way in an authentic way. I just wanted to tell our truth, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to change it up for the sake of making it funny. Uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I told a, 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 an authentic story. And, and on top of that, I wanted people to laugh with us and celebrate with us and not make fun of us, but have fun with us. Yeah. Uh, there were so many things that were important to me, like the Balak Bayan box where we actually mm-hmm. filling it up with gifts and, and sending it to the Filipinos because you know, I wanted people that weren't Filipino to watch the movie and, and relate to us as as just being a family. But on top of that, I wanted people to also see what these immigrant families do. Not only do they work and live here amongst everyone else and pay taxes just like you, but just remember that there's another layer that they that they live and swear by, which is a, a responsibility of taking care of people that aren't as fortunate that are still uh-huh. back home and. And to see that scene, that was very important to me because that was my life growing up, seeing my mom put stuff in that box and sending it to my cousins in the Philippines. So it, it, that's such a cool thing to, to see because then you'll appreciate it when you watch this movie and you go to work and you have that Filipino coworker. Now you know what they do when they go home. Now you know why this job is so important to them here because it's not only for this family, but several other families when they get back home. 
I can only imagine if, if it was me making a movie and someone was going to play my mom, that's a really, that's, there's a lot of complicated like feelings that go into that. Obviously you want to make sure you get it right. You want to make sure that it feels real and lived in. What was you guys' process for making sure that that bond, that that, uh, that those interactions, that those worked and those felt real? I, you know, the, the one most important thing to me was, you know, my mom character is such a big part of my, my career. And, and, you know, when I represent my mom on stage, my fan base is in love with her. And, and, yeah. and when, when we, you know, when, when Lydia came on, uh, you know, all, it was just not even a real conversation. It was literally just like looking at Lydia going, you know, yes, make it yours, but man, represent my mom to the best. And that's all I had to say because she came on the scene and, there were a couple scenes. I, I keep saying this on the, you know, every interview, but there were a couple scenes in this movie where I cried because it was just so real to life. Oh. And, and Lydia was just amazing. Yeah. I've literally never seen this many Filipinos in the same place before. Yeah. We're sending gifts to our family in the Philippines. I'm sending this brand new hair dryer. Wow. If it makes your hair look like that, I wouldn't send it. How dare you? How dare you? We should put them both in the box and ship it. My mom is at war with my Tita Teresa. I'm curious why, uh, if there was anything, even when you like did the pitch the first time, was there any other ideas for different holidays or was it always Easter Sunday for you? Like, I want this to be a sun Easter Sunday thing. Yeah. Easter Sunday was the, uh, an idea that I came up with when I was on tour. I just wanted a movie that I could tell the whole story on one day. And to me, growing up, Easter Sunday was a huge day in my life. It's, you know, some of my most memorable moments was Easter. You know, my mom met all her Filipino friends at church. You know, when she moved here to this country in the late 60s, early 70s, there was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. There was none of that. My mom had to physically find Filipino friends and, and build her own community. And that was at church. I mean, it was so significant that we, she would rent out the Knights of Columbus Hall, you know, and we would do Filipino gatherings at the Knights of Columbus Hall, which was at church. So, you know, when I pitched this movie, it was, it was Easter Sunday. That was the day that I wanted to choose to tell this story. It's so interesting because I, uh, like I grew up in church and for me, church was just not, you know, like I'm a white kid from the Midwest. So it was very, you know, we had organs and, and hymn books and the food was bad. And, and that, that was like my own. So seeing stories like this is so interesting and, and really honestly, like very beautiful because I think it's like, it made me kind of jealous. Like that looks like a really cool experience to be a part yeah. of. It's so funny because, you know, uh, you know, you living in this country, church is just church for you. You know what I mean? It's just, a, it's yeah. the Sunday. It's your, it's church day. But for immigrants that come into this country, it's the only time where they can feel, feel like one with you and everybody, uh, no matter what color you are, Sunday and church is the one time an immigrant can actually feel like, okay, it doesn't matter what color we are. We all believe in Jesus. And this uh, is this is the day where no one's yeah. gonna look at me for being Filipino. They're just gonna look at me because I believe in Jesus. And we're all relating to Jesus for this hour. And that's how important church is, especially to immigrants, especially for Filipinos, you know, because the Catholic religion is so big. So that was the day that my mom could put on her best clothes and everyone could just relate to just we all believe in Jesus, right? <laughs> and, and, and then not only that, that was the time for my mom 
to really find other Filipinos. So it takes on a different, you know, meaning uh, other, you know, for you, it's just another day. But for my mom, it was the day for her to like feel seen and also find other Filipinos that looked like her. So that's how important church was to my mom. Moments like these are few and far between. Let's enjoy it. Everyone buckle up. Filipino families fight a lot. Make sure you're not late for dinner. But we love a lot too. Your cousin Eugene owes me a lot of money. Can you lend it to me? No! That was Joe Coy. Stay tuned. Up next, it's now I'm telling you the rundown says La table bleh bleh bleh. I can't read French, so up next, French table topics. <laughs> The song is Here to Forever. Okay, it is now time for... La Table Bleu Bleu Bleu, Parisian Table Topics. Please welcome to the show, Relevant Senior Editor and our roving Parisian correspondent, because he's actually in Paris right now, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, Tyler. Table Topic. <laughs> hey, bonjour, so, everybody. So, so listeners know, like from time to time, we do little mm-hmm. get to know yous. We want to get to know the cast a little better. So we have table topic cards, you know, just little conversation starters. We were going to do that this time. And we thought, who better to bring us kind of a refreshed approach to table topics than bring it exactly. some Parisian flavor. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing here today. Take it away, Tyler. Okay. So these are, so these table topics, here's how I structured these. And, and I'm, and two things. A, uh, I'm going to be, instead of doing a group swim, I'm going to be directing these table topics, these table topics specifically table to topics. you, the cast members. So it'll be, so you'll have to answer. You won't, it won't be just whoever has the best, the, the first one to answer. Like we usually do it. It'll be four specific people and B, all these table topics are drawn from real life experiences that I have had here in France. Wow. So these are, these are, you're going to be faced with decisions that I've been faced with as somebody abroad right now. And I want to hear what you would have done in a situation that I found confusing or, or a little scary or a little uncertain. I want to see how you would react to it. Does that make sense? Everybody yeah. understand these tablet uh-huh. topics? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little nervous, but let's go for it. <laughs> okay. Got we're going to, Emily, ready? we're going to start with you. Oh, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> All right. Emily, we're starting with you. Okay. Oh, great. All right, Emily, <laughs> you are riding the French Metro, the subway here. You're riding the French mm-hmm. Metro when out of nowhere, a man starts yelling at you, okay? <laughs> you can't understand him, but he's clearly agitated, he's grumpy, he's unhappy, and he's unhappy with you specifically. What's he's pointing what's at you, what's you yelling at you. Exactly. You can't, un- you, yeah. you can't understand him. Fortunately, you were with a friend who speaks French. They listen and they translate. And what the person is yelling at you about is he wants to know why you elected Donald Trump to be president. <laughs> what do you what do you say? How do you respond to this irritated Frenchman? Well, there's a lot of things you just said that would be very hypothetical for me. Um <laughs> 
It's an elaborate scenario yeah. that Emily has found herself in. Um, <laughs> Tyler's like, if you could let me know, I'm, he's waiting downstairs, so I need to go back. Yeah. And he's right here. here. He is he's very unhappy. He followed me I, home. <laughs> I don't know. I, I probably would just start apologizing and saying, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you just, you just, you just, just say sorry until he goes away. Yeah, sorry. So there was there a show go. called uh, The Apprentice, right? <laughs> and then Dennis Rodman was on there. All right, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. I, I might also just start crying and make try to make him feel yeah. bad. I can cry yeah. on cue, so... Waterworks. Yeah. Do the waterworks. <laughs> and I just, think so, I would just, just utilize that. It goes away. And then the second I can get off the metro, even if it's not my stop, I'm just going to oh, yeah. get off. Oh, and absolutely. I'm going to wait for the next one to come. And I'm going to get back on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. cry. I'm going to avoid it. Just immediately apologize. Just... I, I'm not going to handle it well. I'll be honest. Um, I, so basically, see, you're I saying is, he, it's like staff meeting is is what? Yeah, yeah. Where like, I cry, I avoid any, any criticism yeah. meeting when I get yeah. stressed. Even, yeah. 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 Even if it's just helpful I, feedback, I, I think you, you just for the show one. them. <laughs> yeah, you just show them memes that people in their like 50s posted on Facebook during 2016. Just show it to the. They're like, oh, I get it. I get it. These are. This is why he got a like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Facebook memes. Hilarious memes. Yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. All right. Gabs, you're up. You ready for this, Gabs? I sure am. Okay. You were walking your dog through a park when out of nowhere, the dog squats and does his business. Number two, in the middle of the park. All right. You were caught by surprise by this. You don't have a bag. So you just kind of hope that nobody saw and you start to walk away when a city official, guess what? Starts yelling at you en français in French. You can understand enough to know that he's saying your dog can't poop here, but you don't know how to tell him sorry or what you're going to do about it he keeps yelling at you you try to back away he's following you still yelling your dog is there what are you going to do do i have my phone in this situation like am i allowed to have in my this phone situation on well yeah yeah you do okay so in that situation i would hop on google translate and i hate to be the mm-hmm. practical one but i would hop on google mm-hmm. translate no. and say i'm gonna go grab a bag i'm so sorry and mm-hmm. proceed to go mm-hmm. grab a bag mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on. Would you actually grab the bag and come back or would you just oh, get yeah. out of eyesight and disappear? No, Gabs no I, Yeah, never, I would. Never I to would. be seen again. Never no. to be seen again. This is an issue uh, I run into regularly on where I live. So I would absolutely go back for the you, bag. You would do it again? Yeah. Do you guys think Do you guys think that I went back and cleaned it up absolutely. or not? I do think, I yes. Do think you did. Yes. Yeah. No. I did. Yeah, that is... I did. I did. <laughs> no, I think, I think you... You know, you, you start walking and you're like, I promise I'll be right back. You stand here, sir, Mr. Dog. Angry Parisian. You, you stand guard Take so no one steps in this. So. Yeah, you, you stand guard so no one steps in this. And then when you're about 100 yards away, you look back, you go, so long! <laughs> and then you just run away. Just run away. That's what I would do. Type in Google Translate. Au monsieur. You'll remember this is the day you almost caught Mansoor Huckabee. <laughs> and, and you pull your cape over your head and disappear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, All right, we Jesse, really do you not ready? like Americans here. We really do dislike <laughs> Americans. That was unnecessary. He he could have just left the dog poop. He did not have to insult me theatrically. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Just telling him he can't Why, why an from- insult to injury and littering? And and basically, yeah. Exactly. Tyler, have you seen anyone in the wild wearing a cape over there? I feel like somebody might wear a cape. A, a cape? A cape. You know, one. it did happen one time. Yeah, I saw a cape in the wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was true. Yeah. Yeah. I lived it. 
I lived it. Do you imagine the, Jesse, the, the dramatic flourish that you would have, the opportunities uh-huh. to make an emphasis with it? it? I mean, oh, I yeah. think about it. You know, I think about these things. Yeah. I think a cape would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. They're going to come back. I'm maybe ready what, as soon as they do. Were they ever in? I don't think capes were ever in. Have you seen the Renaissance? Oh, 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 yes, yes. It was a little while ago. In the era of capes, okay? (laughs) Like when people actually wore them, not and they weren't like vampires or superheroes, right? When capes were just something you had in your closet. What like function did they serve? Just Cold. keeping your back warm. Yeah. They were they were like a jacket. You just don't stick your arms in it. So yeah, it's like wow. just why? Around. Why? It's they a jacket like, you can wear over your suit or your dress. Yeah, yeah. You have you seen them? They look pretty cool. Just saying. I'm just saying. Why not? Why not put? They were like Superman capes. They were like had fur, right? They were like fur line, yeah. more like a gladiator thing. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't just. It wasn't just no, no. It makes no sense. I, I'm not. I'm not going to walk around with like an Afghan just thrown around my shoulders like a blanket. That looks like I got the flu. Okay, that's what you do when you're sick. You walk around the house with a blanket thrown over your shoulders. It makes. It's no functional purpose of the cape. It's only, I think, only dramatic people wore capes. Jesse, it, you're it, missing the point. It's aerodynamics for speed. Oh, clearly, when you're flying. When you're flying. <laughs> How else is the Phantom of the Opera supposed to disappear with a flourish? If he didn't, was he going to do that just with like in a short sleeve t shirt? I mean, how can you do anything with a flourish without a cape? I mean, really, it applies to all situations in life. Cape is a flourish. Imagine leaving your classroom dramatic. You know, like if you have a cape on, people remember you. I mean, that's Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. what, What do you feel like is more, if you had an interaction that was more dramatic? Like an eye patch or a cape? Like which one do you Ooh, think? Eye you, patch. You know, no, eye cape patch. is more dramatic. Cape. Eye patch cape. says this guy got into an accident. Yeah. I'm not going to draw attention to it because mm-hmm. it's probably a scar. You're probably wounded. A cape yeah. is a choice. You're doing that for mm-hmm. flair. Yeah, that's, that's dramatic. True. Exactly. I just feel like yeah, when somebody true. has an eye patch on, I feel a little insecure looking at them directly. Like I don't <laughs> want to make them feel insecure about their eye patch. So. Gabs, I was wondering why you had such an why you had no pirate friends. <laughs> yeah. and now I know why. It's just too like awkward. Eye patch would be more dramatic because, like, anybody can buy a cape, but like to put an eye patch on, like, you have to have something happen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that just yeah. feels. But they might be insecure about it, and so they're not using well, yeah. it for dramatic effect. They're using it for medical keeping it clean you know what i mean so it's like or to correct a lazy eye like you'll put a patch on your good eye to correct to your lazy it. eye yeah yeah. Yes. yeah yeah i had you know yeah. like at the eye doctor they put patches on your eye they've diluted your eye sometimes you know mm-hmm. so anyway all right all right last one this will be really fast jesse you ready yep yeah you ready yeah born ready. okay born ready yep. <laughs> are you sure <laughs> it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like you're ready um okay jesse you are you uh, go into a restaurant, and upon entering this new, buzzy, kind of exciting Parisian eatery, you have what is genuinely one of the best meals of your whole entire life. You have such a good meal that you ask the waiter, who speaks a little bit of English, if you can talk to the chef and thank him. Because, of course, okay. you are escorted back to the kitchen where you meet the chef, and you discover, much to your surprise, that the chef did not actually prepare the meal. It was actually prepared by a small rat oh, under the chef's <laughs> chef's hat. He was pulled there. his hair and operated him like a mecca, sort of like a like a Power Ranger type situation. And the rat was really the one who made the whole meal. You are a restaurant critic in this situation. <laughs> yeah. You now have to write a whole review of this restaurant. How exactly do you handle this? 
Well, Tyler, everyone's very fortunate because as Cameron can tell, can attest, mm -hmm. I have a lot of French neighbors. And so I'm very, very familiar with French culture. Very true. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, Not I've been in this, the, the, the funny thing is Tyler, I've been in this exact scenario at several of my neighbor's homes. <laughs> I have found that most, French, <laughs> that most French families have trained pet rats that prepare elaborate <laughs> meals for them and their guests. Uh -huh. Um, the, the kind thing to do here is to get a comically stereotypical piece of cheese with holes in it right. and just hand it to your little rat friend, pat him on the head and, and oh. then do the thing that transcends language barriers. You just rub your stomach in a circular pattern and go, mm, <laughs> mm. and then the rat tips his little hat to you yeah. and you give each other kisses on the cheek because it's French. And then you slowly back out of you slowly back out of the mm -hmm. kitchen without ever breaking eye contact. It's an elaborate mm -hmm. ritual, but <laughs> you're exactly right. The Jesse. cheek kitchen. Exactly right. I caught it yesterday. Jesse had a neighbor come over, and they were moving away, and so she was saying goodbye. They had all been very good friends for a couple of years. And Jesse came, or she came in and greeted Dana, and they hugged, and da da da. And then she came over to greet Jesse to say goodbye, and she went to do the two cheek kiss to Jesse. But Jesse felt awkward after the first cheek and pulled out. I didn't he hit eject on oh, no. the second one. Oh, you can't do that. No, that's it. You got to do both or nothing. And then it was just like awkward. Yeah. And I'm across the room going, "Oh no, you don't eject look, the two cheeks." Both or nothing. No, okay. Yeah. Look, I I have a lot of interactions with French families. I've never nailed that. I've not what it's. Never not been the awkward bees. one time. Yeah, it has never like you got to understand how many I could times see you this... tense up the moment she walked in the room. You were like, Oh no, because gonna... I knew it was coming, yeah, you knew I knew it was coming, I knew it. And, I, and I never knew which one first. And what if, first. what if, what if, what if I go for the wrong one first and or, or, or it's just a straight on situation? Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's <laughs> everyone here, it's very common. It's like, it's like, oh, I know, it's just how you say hello and goodbye here. It's, it's very, I've had to get used to it, Jesse. Just put on your imaginary cape. And handle it like a champ. That's exactly. That's that, right. That they, I got my own head about it. I got my own head <laughs> because I think she knew coming in like, oh gosh, this is gonna be weird. Like, <laughs> I, like she's not not gonna do it. She's French, okay? Yeah. They, why, why have her not do something that's part of their culture? But she could tell like I've known this family for years now, and every time this little song and dance happens, it's awkward for both of us. And I. I I, you just I, I'm thinking her. about just flat out refusing from here on. It's it, it just that might be. I worse. feel like it should be better for everybody. Yeah. yeah, you had no option. You had no option. I I saw it from a mile away, and I didn't say anything to you afterwards. But I saw you got tense. And everyone your awkwardness. saw, and, and you, it was so great. I enjoyed. No it. one needed to say anything. Everyone observed the awkwardness. <laughs> you just could, the fact that she she knows it feels awkward for you. Like she knows. Oh yeah. I think she yeah. feels like she's going to break you one day, though. And that no, she's <laughs> gone now. She left. That was, that was the final she, goodbye. She went back to France. Yeah. Yeah. Even, wow. Never On the again. final goodbye, you couldn't couldn't even it. do the two cheek. He I bailed after it. one. I botched it. Yeah. The, the, it was like almost a double on the left and he felt so it weird because he kind of stunted like, and then it, it was like a double cheek press it was <laughs> you know it's hard to <laughs> recreate left, right. he, couldn't, yeah. he couldn't pull the transition to the right he he, he kind of stumbled <laughs> on the left and then he just like I'm out and he like, need to, like stepped need back to get, a foot he like literally like yeah. stepped back and it was great <laughs> You need to like stand like in front it. of a mirror and just practice like bobbing your head. Like just practice just, with Dana. Just get or, yeah, the rhythm a real down. human too. Or yeah. like, I, I need one of those like heads that they use in like haircutting <laughs> school where you can practice haircuts <laughs> you on. Just shove it out and yeah. let them kiss that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a mannequin head. I don't yeah. need a whole mannequin. I just need the head. Yeah. And I can learn to cut hair too. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> and I can learn to cut a snazzy French haircut as well if I have a <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for Parisian Table Topics. Thanks a lot, Tyler. It was great. See you soon. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Joe Coy for joining us today. Make sure to check out his new film, Easter Sunday. Don't want to miss it. Also, head over to RelevantMagazine.com to see all of our daily content, including the summer digital issue of Relevant. Make sure you sign up for Relevant Plus to get an enhanced ad-free version of the issue, as well as other exclusive features all over the site, like unlimited content, ad-free reading, an ad-free version of this podcast. Um it's just a ton of stuff. Go check out all the perks right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. And also, uh, for real, the summer issue is, is stacked. I mean, we've got some of our favorite artists like James Vincent McMorrow and Echo Smith. Uh, we have Faith Leaders. We have John Favreau. We have, I mean, it's just, it's just packed. Go check it out if you haven't already. And uh, if you like what you see, share the content. Tell people about it. Love it. Tag us, too, when you do it. We love seeing it. It's great. And speaking of sharing it, follow Relevant on all the socials. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook, posting all of our content. We're on Instagram pretty regularly, TikTok rarely. Uh, but follow us on all for the latest. Uh, and make sure RelevantMagazine.com is part of your daily web browsing you know, habit. Just bookmark it. Keep coming back. Also, while you're at the site, every weekday, make sure to check out the Faith section where we post our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. We post a morning devotional. You can even sign up for a, a email so we can get sent to your inbox every morning. It is a great way to start your day. Don't miss Deeper Walk. Also, if you like our show, uh, tell us. Tell others. Leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. Rate it and review it and help us spread the word about this podcast. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Gabrielle Griffin. I'm Emily Brown. All right, we'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. This is terrible, but I'm doing my part. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.